You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I'm Allie, your host, joined today by Daniel. And as always, Daniel, we love to kick off our podcast together by sharing something that we are loving. So what are you loving today? Allie. Yes. I am loving my 40 by 40 list. Oh, yes. I've told you about it, right? Yes, I know about it. So I'm I am not yet 40. I'm Make that almost, very clear. Almost 36. Um and my cousin did this a few years ago before she turned 40 and then she was doing a 50 by 50 list mm. last I heard. I think she's in her late 40s now. And it's just things that you want to do by the time you turn that age. So my list includes things like going to visit some friends in Austria, hiking the Grand Canyon. I want to build mm. something with my dad in his workshop. I want to score a headed goal in soccer. It's a big old list of... Find the best mac and cheese recipe, right? Not Isn't just that? find. No, make. I have to make it myself. Yes. The best mac and cheese yes. I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I have to reverse sear a steak. That one's actually pretty easy to do. I just haven't done it yet. Mm. I had to buy a condo or a house, which I just did. Mm. So Checked it off the list. Yeah, there's a lot of fun things on the list. I'm having fun kind of checking them off little by little, and I have a few years to work on it. That's Skydive. Skydive's on it mm-hmm. for you? Oh, gosh, I could never... Yeah, I'm not as adventurous, active, as much of a dreamer as you. I don't think I could. You would, you'd really have to twist my arm for me to come up with 40 things I want to do. <laughs> you could just list all the different foods that you want to try. All the different and... Netflix shows I want to binge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am loving something super random, and I am curious if you've ever had it. It's food, typical. Sour pickles. Have you ever had a sour pickle? I don't think so. Ugh. I was just visiting my parents at their cottage in New Hampshire, and at the top of our neighborhood street on the hill is a little family farm, and they have sour pickles that they grow the cucumbers on the farm and uh-huh. then make them themselves, I don't know, marinate, I guess what you would say, pickle them, um, and they are so good. I love hmm. pickles in general, but I like that kind of souriness too and they are my favorite habits on sandwiches i just eat them plain but that's like hmm. my summer thing and this was the first time in a long time i got to go and visit them so i got my fill of sour pickles i'm gonna have to try sour pickles yeah maybe now. i'll have to bring it one home for you the next time i go visit them okay they are good deal <laughs> put that on i have two things oh, two yeah. spots left on my 40 by 40 list. I'll sour, put sour pickles pickle. on there <laughs> Great. Glad I could be of a help to you in your list. Well, we are in the middle of our series on the art of group talk. We'll be going over content throughout this series from the art of group talk books, which are from Orange. All, they are all about just having great conversations in small group with the next generation and specifically each book and each topic that we'll be discussing targets a different age group. So it starts with the youngest, which are kids. And even though we are student ministry, great student ministry starts with kids who grow up in the church. So we talked about that on our previous podcast about talking and having great conversation with kids. And now we are going to be diving in on how to lead better conversations with preteen girls. 
Daniel, you're an expert in this topic, aren't you? <laughs> Absolute expert. That's why they brought me here to talk about preteen girls today. I don't think anybody's an expert in preteen yeah, honestly. girls. Honestly. Um, so it is kind of funny to be having this conversation because I don't often lead conversations with preteen girls. Allie did this year, though. You had, mm-hmm. I, I mean, relative. We're talking preteen, meaning in, like middle school. Yes. So I, you have with I have, the, yes. the students in our program that you know well or the families that you know well. Yeah. And we're talking specifically about leading small group conversations mm-hmm. too, not just, you know, it's not the art of talk or small talk. It's the art of small group talk. It's mm-hmm. the art of group talk. So um, at the start of this book, there's a quote, and I just thought it was a great uh, way to kind of establish what we're trying to do. It's um, a teenage girl, and she says, I'm not sure what I think about God, but I feel like it's okay for me to say that out loud here. That's the environment that we're looking to create, mm-hmm. something that's safe and relational, where somebody does feel comfortable sharing their real and unfiltered thoughts. Um, so we're just going to share some of the best practices that we found specifically for preteens, that middle school range, and what they're experiencing. And I'm just going to read real quickly um, a quick excerpt from, this is on page 68 and 69 of The Art of Group Talk for Teenage Girls, um, about each of these grades. So first of all, Sixth grade girls, I'm learning a lot as I read this. (laughs) Sixth grade girls, it says, life is all about figuring out who they are and who likes them. Your girls will likely become obsessed with pure approval, yet be totally unaware of it. Mm. They'll go to great lengths to fit in. Friendships change, hormones kick in, and their interests shift. This means creating a safe place in your small group is essential, so they have a place that they can stop attempting to fit in and just be themselves. So that's sixth grade. Seventh grade is the year of personal discovery. They'll try things that they've never tried before. Not everyone will make the team. Everything about themselves is changing and everything is done in mass. They will walk to the hall in pairs. They go to the mall in a herd. They build (laughs) unfathomably large social media platforms. They can't ever go to the bathroom alone. Mm. Planning group outings with your girls will be one of the best ways to connect with them and help them connect with each other. And then eighth graders, this is the age that Allie had Mm -hmm. last year as a leader. Eighth graders are beginning to think about who they want to become one day. They realize they don't have to believe what they've been told to believe and they don't have to behave how they've been told to behave. They doubt, question, and debate. They want to make their own decisions, so help them sort through the options. So those are kind of the grade levels that we're talking about today. We include fifth grade in our kind mm-hmm. of preteen program as well. Um, but anyway. These books talk about that. Well, I'm getting flashbacks of my middle school years as you're <laughs> laying that out. I hadn't heard that yet, but definitely think there's some truth behind that whole breakdown. And as Daniel said, nobody and definitely we are not experts on preteen girls but one of the first things to do as you're trying to facilitate just great conversation with them is for yourself to set your own expectations middle school is the time to build trust but preteens and pre-high schoolers take a lot of investment your conversation every week are that investment that builds trust so your goal each week isn't to get them to tell you everything or to see them so moved that they cry or to have them ask really deep questions about life or god those are great things if you get to that point but your goal really should be simply to build trust build the relationship and influence you have on them simply build them those things each a little bit a little bit each week, a little bit each time you meet. 
Yeah. So that's just how to set your expectations from the start. And mm-hmm. then as you go into the conversation each week, really the first step is all of these books start with the idea of preparation. If you want to have great conversations, then prepare for them. So the first step is really to look at the questions ahead of time. Mm-hmm. It's something that we were saying this week, you know, we tell our leaders that maybe sometimes, but we probably don't say it often Mm -hmm. enough. We think it's intuitive because we're creating the questions during the week. So we're looking at them. Even even when I was writing questions and leading a group, I remember stepping in a lot of times and I was like, I don't even remember writing these. (laughs) So you do need to look at them ahead of time. We publish our guides. Our goal is always to publish them by Thursday for that upcoming Sunday's program. And usually we meet that. Our leaders let if us know. If we don't, we, yeah, of we our are leaders reminded. Let us know if we don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so that gives you a couple of days at least to be able to look ahead. And all it takes is really five minutes. And as you go over the questions, I thought this was just a great insight in how to prepare. Think to yourself, how will a certain person respond to this? Mm. You have Allie Think in your small group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is Allie going to respond to this question? And as you think of that, think of different ways to ask the question that will get a response. Think of different examples. Think of stories you can tell. Think of people that you can call on to ask them to mm-hmm. share. And just jot a few things down. One of our leaders, Marianne, is the best at this. We're going to talk about Marianne a lot in the next couple of episodes because <laughs> she's been such a great small group mm-hmm. leader. She's great. They just graduated seniors. And her one of her best things that she would do is to prepare. And she helps she helped us at points simplify the questions that we were asking. So you avoid those sort of like blank stare questions. Like you read it and you finish and you look around the room and everybody does clearly not understand <laughs> the question. That's the kind of thing we want to un- avoid. Um, and so just simpler questions are usually better. So as a leader, just take that step to prepare. And as you go over the questions, ask how will X individual respond to this? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Another thing is Daniel had read um, that excerpt from the book at the beginning of the podcast that the preteen girls want to feel known. They need attention. They need a group around them. Um, and you have to know that need going into conversation with them and facilitating conversation too, that they are desiring to be known. Um, one story that the book shared was saying that a leader said that a girl came up and asked her if she was mad at that girl. The leader was confused and said, she wasn't mad. Why do you ask? And the girl said, because you said hello to all the other girls in the group, except for me. I actually had, this is a story in the book in the minute I read it, I was like, well, I had a similar experience to that same thing at that same age with a student in our program thinking that I was mad at her just for, in her eyes, not giving the same amount of attention as maybe I would to somebody else that came up to me. So preaching girls need to feel welcome and seen and known before they will share anything. So as practical as you can get here, just some little things to make it clear that you know them and care for them is to say hello to every girl so she feels welcome, make eye contact with every girl so she feels seen, and say the name of every girl so she feels known. Another great way for them to feel known is something in our small groups we always say that you should be sitting in a circle. 
You know, you learn in rows, but you grow in circles is one of our taglines. And that's another great way to make sure you can have eyes on every girl that you're able to look at her when she's talking or when she's not talking and you can see her reaction in her face. So sitting in those circles is another great way. But just being intentional with those little ways, eye contact, saying hello, saying their name so that they can feel known. I I always when we do these podcasts about like what to do in small groups, I think for us, and I don't say this like with arrogance or anything, but it's sort of intuitive when you mm-hmm. do it for a while. I think for our leaders, and I would guess this is true for most churches, you have to say this stuff to them. Absolutely. It is not intuitive to everybody who's leading preteens in small group conversations that you have to say hello, mm-hmm. make eye contact, and say the name of every girl. Mm-hmm. Those are such important steps to have a great conversation. And so but simple. But they're so simple. But they take effort. Yep, they do. All right. So next thing is to just engage. And really, that's what you spend hopefully most of your group time doing is making an effort and engaging. Now, we spend a long time just this week in our message meeting for our big church messages. We were breaking down the message from this past weekend and talking about humor specifically we probably spent 10 minutes talking about just the humor of the message and what worked, what didn't, why does it land sometimes and not other times? Cause we give that message three different times on a given mm-hmm. weekend. And sometimes the humor works and sometimes it doesn't. And the reason that we spend so much time on it is because laughter biologically helps us relax. We open up, we listen, mm-hmm. we engage. So it's not just, you know, laughing for the sake of laughing. It is an important thing to laugh together, but It's laughing because it bonds you and helps Mm -hmm. them to be open to that conversation and engage. So a great step to take is to think about the last thing that made your group really laugh together. Can you think of Mm. something like, did your group laugh this year, Allie? Because you have preteen girls. Yeah, we did. I think it was the parent message we did. And it was just to get the conversation going. We were talking about all the annoying eye roll things that your parents Mm -hmm. do and uh, the dance moves and the asking about boys (laughs) and just the little funny they have inside jokes that their parents do that they love but they actually find so annoying or pretend to find annoying and we were just cracking up sharing all the stories or the rules that our parents set the ridiculous rules yeah yeah that was a good day (laughs) that was funny yeah and that was actually something that we put into the questions that Mm -hmm. week, I think. Sometimes the humor comes and you just sort of find it, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes we try to give them activities like that that'll kind of bring it out. But it's good to reflect on what what works, like what will they laugh at? Maybe they love dad jokes and you come with a dad Mm. joke every week. There's (laughs) plenty of those, right? Um, But just how how can you bring humor into the conversation again? I know for me, like as a small group leader, the thing that I can do to bring humor in the conversation is tell stories. Mm. I'm a good storyteller mm-hmm. and I you have are. like a few arsenal stories that I can bring mm-hmm. if I want to make people laugh. Um, and so just try to find that route to humor and make sure that everyone feels included when you do that and part of the laughter. Cause it's easy mm-hmm. in humor sometimes that people will feel singled out or not included or yeah. like they're not part of the joke. So just have a strategy for making them laugh, even if it's dad jokes or ridiculous stories. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yes, definitely. And that will help them just be more engaged, even if not on a deeper topic, just in general, getting them to open up to begin with. Um, Another 
great step. And this is kind of a two-part thing because it will affect engagement and that's distractions. So there's two sides of it. It's to know what their distractions are in group and then also knowing how to eliminate those distractions. So I'm sure if you all are engaged with on a weekly basis with preteen girls, you can think of lots of different distractions that so they many. have with the going needing to go to the bathroom, needing to get a drink, their phones, they're poking each other. They want to go and get the donuts or candy that's coming at the end of the program or they hear other people walk by or laughing through the walls our walls are pretty thin and sometimes we could hear like just a crazy bang or something we're like what just happened mm-hmm. <laughs> distracts everyone in the moment of course as i said boys you have to say it again boys <laughs> one of our small group leaders kelly her group when they were this age they older now and they we had the these small plastic ikea tables in our small group rooms because our small groups for our middle school program on sunday nights worked as our um younger kids preschool age rooms on Sunday mornings during our mass program so we had these tiny little kids plastic tables and Kelly's girls would like to crawl under the table and lift up the table and pretended that they were turtles with the big table on their backs and walk around and every beat turtles. Week, according to Kelly. every week Kelly would walk into a room full of these turtles <laughs> so knowing and anticipating what these distractions are going to be can help you have a more engaged conversation because you can if you know what the distraction is you can think about how to eliminate them which means talk about them before the group you can sit down and acknowledge it right away that this might happen. I know you can hear through that wall or there's going to be people moving around because there's something going on tonight, but we're going to have our turn to get out there. So let's make the most of our group time in here before we do. You can have them put their phones in a box or just in the middle at the start of the room. All go together as a group to the bathroom so that there are no concerns about a bathroom break. You can set a timer if we want to catch up sometimes, a lot of times, and this happened in my small group to get so caught up on just catching up and going down the rabbit holes of these fun stories which was so much fun to get to know each other and just once we had that relationship but knowing to put a limit on it so you could set a timer and say all right we've got the five minute catch up in the beginning and then we're going to jump in and watch the message or we're going to move on to the next thing you can have everyone write down the distractions put them in a box and then move on or write down what they want to share with everyone, put them in a box and bring them back at the end of small group Mm -hmm. time if you have an opportunity to do that. Then, of course, it might not be the whole group's distracted, but you may have some difficult and distracting individuals. And if that's the case, you warn them and you might warn them again, then you can move them. You can ask them to sit outside the circle or move them to have them to go take a walk real quick and come back to let it loose. And eventually you can have them leave the room for the full small group time if it gets to that point. Which preteen girls aren't as bad with that. I think that's more of a preteen boy they can get to that level of distraction. Yeah, I would agree that with that. discipline. And if it's something as simple as the tables with Kelly's group, just take the tables out of the room. Yes, we had a group start, too right? with the puppets. Oh, one of the our puppets. rooms that had was puppets. one of my groups. That was your group. And every week you'd walk in and they would find every, these puppets. You would go and hide like, them, them and they'd and find they still found the puppets. Them. They were cool puppets. <laughs> All right, we are nearing the end here. So just uh, one last thing. 
with preteen girls and small groups is to create a memory when the opportunity presents itself. Sing Mm -hmm. a song at the top of your lungs together, distract the group that's in the room next to you, or maybe you're in the car (laughs) going somewhere together to an event, go to a corn maze or a haunted house, cook a meal together, throw a surprise party, do a fire and s'mores one night. If you can do that at church, when you have your normal small group time, that's memorable. They bond when they share an experience and it doesn't have to be expensive or extravagant. It just needs to be memorable in some way. Absolutely. Yep. Well, as always, we like to end our podcast with one bright idea for you guys. So this week, that bright idea is to tell your leaders to put down the questions. We call our small group questions a small group guide because that's what it is. It's not a one, two, three bulleted list of things you need to get to. But sometimes it's tempting for your leaders to cling to those questions and following that sheet of paper and that process like it's a life jacket in the middle of the ocean. So just talk to your small groups some weeks. Challenge your leaders to put down that question, that list of questions to go off script, to just follow the conversation in the flow wherever it may lead. Ask them different questions. Ask them deeper questions if they're able or lighten the questions if it's not going that direction. Even follow the rabbit trail for a little while. But make eye contact instead of looking down and looking at the paper all the time. Go on a walk. Get outside for group instead. Leaders need permission to do this sometimes, but you can grant that permission. So permission granted. Permission granted. Go off script, have fun, enjoy the relationship that you're building. Well, thanks so much for joining us on today's Car Rides worth of content. We love you very much. Join us next time as we jump into facilitating great conversations with teenage boys.